Today's 250th episode of Laser Time is brought to you by Loot Crate, and Laser Time listeners can go to trylootcrate.com slash lasertime and use promo code BRIDGE10 and get 10% off their order. Good God. <laughs> it is... Your show. It is... Your show, baby. After years in the making. Well, a week in the making. Well, but years promised. Guys, we're finally doing a Family Guy episode. Yes! All, all, episode by episode. <laughs> where we are. Laser Time is converting into Talking oh, yes. Family Guy. Oh, God, yes. You think that's bad, that podcast about... No. <laughs> Welcome to Laser Time, the Internet's... I'll say... Right now, the third leading pop culture Whoa. show. Yes, we've never a, reached such heights. That's straight up lie. And da, it's da, happening da, da, uh, because we are. If you don't know who we are, we are just a bunch of dorks who uh, ramble off. We usually grab a pop culture topic, do a little bit of research, some clip capture. Here, you get to hear some sound clips. It's not just people talking. Try and be a little organized. And this is our 250th episode. Yeah, we launched it in 2011, and uh, prior to that we did Tell Crater for four years or whatever it was. I've been podcasting for almost 10 years yeah, oh, at wait. this point. Wow. Um, My first Tokyo Elevator was 07. And I'm Chris Antista. Uh, who else? I'm David Rudden. I'm David Rudden. Rudden. That's really, for, to- to- for episode 250 I did something that's very not timely. Uh, uh, from, yeah, from our Krusty's uh, Funhouse stream. We just streamed yeah. all the Simpsons games of 1992 in yeah. honor of Talking Simpsons getting to its third season, which yeah. was unlocked via Patreon, patreon.com slash lasertime, who have a exclusive season three wrap-up episode coming to yeah. you. Hope you like seeing uh, Simps- Oprah invade the Simpsons. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, Brett here, um, and we we all have our unique interests like Chris, you'll Wait, go. It's 250. We had to make this special. Yeah. How, how do we do this? It was like, well, it's 250. We should do something. What is it? Like, well, we've, we've already done this. We've already done that. And I was just like, well, we could finally do the Ernest episode. <laughs> and this comes from like, oh, everybody has their things that they. That this one like slice that yeah. they're uniquely into. Like, you know, every, well, yeah, I like you. And like, for me, Ernest has been it. Like, we we quote Simpsons to each other day in day out for almost a decade. This, we're calling September Brettober because yeah. also in the Monday Night Movies, I believe we where we stream with our. Uh, our listeners, we can just watch a movie together. You also have that with Godzilla, and like yeah. I've always wanted to watch Godzilla with you, but you understand that Godzilla is so much your thing. You have never once asked no. or implied like, "Let's." You guys should totally see Godzilla. You don't recommend anybody watch it. No. You don't ask anybody to watch it with you. You should watch Smog Monster. That's the most interesting one. I have. I got the Mystery Science Theater 2000 Megalon episode, yeah. so it's real good it's with Rex Dart Eskimo Spy. Somebody out there's laughing. <laughs> That's fine, but, but uh, Ernest. Ernest is this thing that I was like. I think it helps if you're uh, from somewhere in the Midwest, or some if you knew yep. someone who talked like this, or had an accent, or some I, some kind of something. Get the plugs out, but you made us watch. You said I can't do this episode unless you guys watch Ernest's family album. Yeah, and so I'm like, like well, Ernest we, Origins, would you say? Say what? Kind, Ernest Origins kind of gives you the whole like breadth of. His yeah, family. you'll see a lot of his. We'll, we'll get to it. What, but, uh, what we, that was. We did that, yeah. and that's either on Patreon or on our YouTube channel, youtubecom slash yeah. time. We just, I'm like, fine, we can watch it, but we have to. Yeah. We our time is so stupid. We have to. We have to try and make a thing out of this. Yeah, so it, it's, it's like I found if if you think John Wayne is hilarious, you're gonna <laughs> love this special. Yeah, so here's. It's hard to know where to start because, like I've said, we'll quote Simpsons to each other. Sure. We'll Mr. Show. You guys have SNL. And, like, we all have these huge, oh, yeah. huge communal <laughs> things that we'll all do. But Ernest, for me, is like, no. Like, I will have 
almost on a daily basis on the same level that people have Simpsons lines mm-hmm. or Seinfeld lines well, run through their head. That's how Ernest is with me. I thought I thought we shared that because I love the movies. Exactly. Except for Scared Stupid and Interactive Video movies. But you, like, I'm kind of deeper than that. Yeah. Yes. I, so I, this... This episode and my Ernest fandom is all before Ernest Goes to Camp even yeah. happens. And my interest really wanes with the movies. Wait, so I guess you probably caught on around the same time Camp came out, but like your affinity for it yeah, when traveled predates ba- the movies. Yeah, I, I was an Ernest fan before Camp came out. Mm-hmm. In 87, I think, is when Camp came out. I think so, yeah. And uh, But what I want to do is just take you through uh, not so much Jim Varney, mm-hmm. the actor who plays totally. Ernest, but the story of Ernest. Okay. Um, but Jim Varney, uh, this naturally will chronicle his life. Born in 1949 in Lexington, Kentucky. Jesus, he uh, died so fucking young. He died younger at, than my dad. He died at 50 years old of lung cancer, cancer in general. Uh, like uh, 2002? 2000. 2000, So Jesus. February February 2000. Um, but he was, he had a really cool voice. He was this great rubber-faced, like, great at impressions, great at contorting yeah. his face, body language, great physical actor, but was also... Never really got a chance to do a whole lot of other roles, and there's not there, there's plenty of stuff there's plenty of stuff I could point to. Some G chatting from the grave. Yeah, I got a grim. Won't <laughs> stop messaging me links, uh, but I love them so. Um, but yeah, he. We'll just kind of go through the beginnings and how we get here. Because if you've read like two biographies, uh, on the uh, man. there are two books that you can check out that I'll, I'll give a plug at the end. But a lot of the, a lot of this information comes from either living it uh-huh. and just being interested in being, you know, kind of because os- this is osmosing pretty, it or what, these two books. That one, I, I love the, it, I'm sure it was prevalent in some other decade other than the eighties, but like the idea, the idea that like, Pee-wee, I was introduced to something like Ernest by Pee Wee Herman, and Pee Wee mm-hmm. Herman is a character like Paul Rubens didn't appear on talk shows as Paul Rubens. Right, he came out as Pee Wee Herman. He's not even he uses a fake name to be credited in Flight of the Navigator because I don't think he wanted to break like the mystique sure. of like I am Pee Wee Herman. That is who I am. There's a kayfabe to keep up. Yeah, with, uh... but like this, but movies centered around these weird kinetic characters, and like yeah. I don't see that much anymore. I'm sure there are. Yeah. Newer examples. I'm, There's a Fred movie. Yeah. I think three of them. Probably um, aged out of it. We just had a joke because uh, while I'm definitely the deepest into this Ernest stuff, I do have a couple of friends from back home who would watch the same com- tapes of these commercials. But that's what I didn't and know. And we would about. we would kind of quote these to each other. So I do have friends back home that will get the references and watch mm-hmm. these. But much like me, their their fandom is mostly for these commercials, not mm-hmm. so much for the movies. And frankly, I most of the movies I don't even care for all that much. Really, um, they're so they're so like I just like Saves Christmas was on Netflix last sure, year, and just yeah, charming. Yeah. yeah, they're very charming, and, and we're we're gonna watch Ernest Goes to Jail. That's, for our but month. that one I think is the greatest one. It's, he, I saw it in a drive-in. Twice. He doesn't have to have a flimsy excuse to uh, play multiple roles yeah. because the it requires sure. multiple. Is there roles. like one place you would all meet to watch the Ernest? Like stuff. We just got to. I actually took. You, you could call it the Ernest. The Ernest. Yeah. I was thought I you actually, could make a joke of Brett goes to Ernest goes to. <laughs> I actually took the VHS of the commercials that was released in '92 mm-hmm. to my fifth grade class and convinced the teacher to play them, and we watched it in class. And I, I think what's, it, like, <laughs> but that speaks to the phenomenon that Ernest was, which that, I should especially get into. where you grew up. But it's. Yeah. I, I also love leading off with like Ernest through Jim Varney and John Cherry. Is it? Yeah, it's one of the most fiercely independent, yeah, mega yeah. popular things yeah. I think that has ever happened. Like it's not owned by anybody, yeah. but the guys who started it. Yeah. So basically, uh, the how how this begins and uh, fast and loose. And again, I'll plug two books at the end. That if you're interested in the, this is kind of like wrestling for me, where it's like you could not be into watching Raw and SmackDown mm-hmm. and pro wrestling every week, but the behind the scenes business of it yeah. is 
fascinating. Because I have, I have asked you direct questions, and you finally have answers for me about yeah. this Ernest phenomenon and how yeah. it happened. And same thing with Ernest. Even if you're like, I don't think these jokes are that funny. I don't get this. Like, how this will never happen again. This, Maybe not. this is one of those things that's like YouTube stars, the closest thing you have. Yeah. And even then, you that. get bought by Polaris, and they sure. own you, baby. Yeah. But so, yeah, Jim Varney's born in 1949, gifted at impressions and theatrics from an early age. He could memorize scripts and dialogue really quick, and he just loved being center of attention mm-hmm. uh, and was naturally led to acting and was in a lot of high school plays, mm-hmm. studied acting, you know, recited a lot of Shakespeare, learned all that, did all the stuff that you would assume someone who's into acting would do. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I can act. I can be on stage and project. Mm-hmm. Um, he had bit parts throughout the 70s, and he, again, he's Kentucky, Nashville, Virginia area. So he was area. just a working actor. Yeah, just the... like small, small things, bit parts in plays, mm. uh, including um, a cast member on Johnny Cash and Friends. Wow. A variety show. What? Uh, well, Johnny Cash and Friends, which very briefly, I tried to find something and couldn't find a good clip. And then a variety show called Pink Lady. Why have I heard of Pink which Lady? Which stars two Japanese singers and comedian Jeff Altman. And it was canceled after five episodes. It was like Jeff and the Pink Lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's a here's the promo. They're hotter than the Odd Couple, sunnier than Sunny and Cher. It's me and Key. It's Kay and Jeff. They're Japan's hottest superstars. Pink Lady in their American TV debut. He's hit comic Jeff Altman. Pink Lady, a new series coming soon on NBC. Somehow in the Navy's playing in the background. The, and that's the gong. Uh, so they like there were like two women who could barely speak English. Yeah, and they would sing. It was a variety, It was that the the dying age of the variety, variety show. show. Wow. Um, and he's only in bit parts, and it's not. I didn't think. I didn't find it. Wow, my I accent kind of came out. He's like how you how you'll see like upright Citizen Brigades people on the early episodes of yes. Conan O'Brien. They're yeah. just utility players yeah, yeah, meant yeah. to fill any role. I do want to hear Johnny Cash introduce. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen. Ernest. Ernest. I don't know why he's Mr. Ed all of a sudden. I don't have a varied uh, arsenal of impressions. Um, he fell off a really tall ladder. And what's, what's really cool is that like I can fake a bunch of impressions. I haven't seen anybody do a good Ernest impression. They're, boy, people try. Yeah, they you do. It just, it but it's like, it's... But th- I love that. That means God, it's hard. Man, that, means, never... that means that character is special. That's probably yeah. why he, he gravitated towards he's it. He's so good. I, I keep interrupting so, you. Keep going, brother. So he's, he's, <sighs> he's, you know, effectively not to be rude or anything, but he's kind of a nobody as far as, like, the the the, the, the barrage of nameless nobodies that, that bust their ass in Hollywood or, or Nashville or wherever. Um, so he's, he's not a, terribly attractive. He's yeah. probably got a southern accent. He's uh, got a specific drawl and mm-hmm. like, but he's great with accents and voices. Anyway, so he gets bit parts. He's in this show called The Rousters, which is a show about descendants of Wyatt Earp, and what? it's a show that doesn't go anywhere. And I remember mm. renting this way later and being like, "Oh, Jim Varney's in something. This isn't funny." You tried to find it and did? No, I did. Mm. Like it was in a video store in the eighties. I have to imagine if he wasn't so very southern, he probably would have been on like Saturday Night Live. It yeah. is strange that he didn't make it. Like as we'll get to the end but of this, but that's why I love I'm, how independent he was. He basically yeah. made his own yeah. SNL vessel, and like yeah. people laugh off Ernest, but these direct-to-video things where they're taking control of their own destiny yeah. and then playing all these characters. So uh, all this stuff is short-lived. Like Pink Lady is is gone, Rasters is gone. That's all like these six episodes. All these other shows are gone quickly. So he leaves Kentucky and Tennessee to go live in L.A. because mm. it's like, well, if I'm going to be an actor, I got to go to Hollywood, right? I, I have to be here. But then there's a 1980 actor strike. And not a lot of work to go around. And in 1980, he heads back home to Virginia, Nashville area. Uh, and about that same the time... real America. Yes. Uh, about that same time, John Cherry, who works at a marketing uh, you know, firm called Cardin and Cherry. Okay. Uh, and they need, at Cardin and Cherry, they need more business, more accounts. 
And they do a lot of regional marketing and commercials, mostly in the Nashville, Tennessee, Virginia area, like I was saying, mm-hmm. with brands like these dairy brands called Purity, Pine State. Like, these are local brands. And again, like, we're in a, such a stage now of 2016. This is also why I love this, because there were so many regional brands back yeah. then. Again, yeah, th- again, much like wrestling, there are all yeah. these territories, I've, Excuse right? me. How do, you, how do you reconcile the fact that Ernest worked for so many dairy Hang companies? Hang on a second. I just I, I read uh, Jim Henson's biography sure. a while back, and like the Muppets took a while to hit, so mm-hmm. the way Jim Henson made his money mm-hmm. was making these commercials for, like, it's... It's a uh, uh, Des Moines coffee or yeah, yeah, yeah. Iowa coffee. He would make yeah, these yeah. commercials over and over again for different territories yeah. back before everything was, yeah. you know. There's no internet. There's no way. Capitalized. Everyone who would see them would think, they did that just for us. Yeah. But um, they didn't. Jim Henson did that for everybody. If you told somebody in, like, another town, they'd be like, oh, I totally saw Ernest in this commercial. They'd be like, screw you. He was in my town. No, but, he uh, isn't. But so it's how we would have discussed it if, we could, if yeah. they aired in my town, which they didn't. Yeah, Carton and Cherry. So they have these brands. They have accounts with Purity, Pine State. These are big dairies. So Jim Varney and Cherry were bouncing our ideas around, and I forget exactly how they came into contact with each other. I think mm-hmm. it's just like casting call. He needs someone to be in a commercial, and so really? Jim Varney appears. So like, did, did Cherry have the idea for that style of ad? Well, so uh, we'll get to it. Okay. But like, they need ideas, and he has this general idea of an earnest character based on people that you would know in real life. There's always somebody there's this guy who thinks he always has a better deal knows mm-hmm. something a little more than you is always trying to like wheel and deal but is kind of also not really smart or like hey, a, a no, I, no, look i get it i know nothing know it all patreon like, patreon.com <laughs> uh it really all boiled down to and this is john cherry this is him summing up Ernest's mm-hmm. existence uh who Vern is so you'll always know hey Vern. Ah, it's hey, the hey Vern guy so mm-hmm. The, or the Ernest character exists, and this is a quote, Vern is Ernest's next-door neighbor. Ernest's goal in life is to impress Vern so he can be his friend. Huh. And that's that's all. And so this character, Ernest, in these commercials would introduce products yeah. or ideas to his friend Vern and try to be like, hey, Vern, I found this great new thing. Yeah. It's going to improve your life so much. And he's, You know the 40-watt light bulb is yeah. <laughs> last longer? Um, so then you move ahead a bit to uh, we move ahead to 1984. Good Morning America. Really. At well. this point, uh, Ernest is actually doing pretty well, but he summarizes it well here to the point where, like, I don't need to summarize it myself because Jim Varney summarized it for us. What it is you're doing? I mean, you're kind of breaking some of the rules of advertising. You're not doing any national ads. No big cities like New York or LA. You're doing the local commercials. Why is that? Explain how it's working. Um. Actually, we were committed to to quite a few markets right in the beginning. We started uh, in an amusement park in Kentucky, and then we went to a dairy in Nashville and one in North Carolina. And the dairies picked on it very quickly. So we were in like 16 markets before we knew. Why no national ad, though? Because we were committed to the local markets. So wow. they had they had people coming like they wanted like hey do a do a national ad yeah. and they're like no like <laughs> we can yeah. because we if if we the moment they're like the moment we do a national ad yeah. we've saturated the character he's coast to coast mm-hmm. but the more we just record in these tiny markets around the country really we can get money and accounts from all these people and personalize the ads and make them more she, distinct you haven't even played one of the ads do you have I, one of the ads oh I, oh, I have many you, you I played me many. one a, a really fun one a while back because it was so specific and yeah, localized yeah. do you know which one I'm talking about I wonder if you have not that off the top of my head it was but I have a lot he's talking about the fucking syndicated reruns that a local oh, channel yeah, yeah, has yeah, 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 on, like, yeah, yeah. hey Vern, did you know that the Brady Bunch airs every day? It was, uh, it was Mayberry, like, three, three yeah. o'clock, yeah, uh, like, on your hometown station. So, uh, 
But what's what's great is uh, gotta hear one of the commercials. Though. Oh, we're we're going to. Okay. But what's great is in this Good Morning America clip as they're talking, they're so transfixed with it. Joan London, who used to host Good Morning America, level. It's I'm just like probably burn out burn in a it short out. period of time. Let me ask you something. You're a serious actor. I know you've done a lot of stage. So there's this like he wants to make, but they ended up just playing commercials on Good Morning America, which is like these commercials were captivating people so much that it no, was I, newsworthy. Cause, like cause people would I, put it on the news show in the morning to be like, what? So anyway, when we talk oh. about, I didn't, I didn't see the commercials air in my territory. What I would see is like those. <laughs> When a show gets canceled and the ABC is like, the world's funniest commercials. Yeah. He's like, and did you know movie star Ernest is? And they just yeah. would run a string in primetime yeah. of oh, local yes. commercials with Ernest. And it blew my mind. There was all this Ernest stuff that mm. I couldn't see. So that's a good preamble. And when we come back from this quick break, oh, oh. I'm going to bombard you with commercials yes. and information. Alert! Put the VCR on pause! Ah! Comic-Con may be over. PAX may be over. Welcome back from PAX, everybody. Uh, But it doesn't have to end. No, it does not. That's right, because this episode of Laser Time is brought to you by Loot Crate, baby. That's right, it's like Comic-Con in a box. Loot Crate is a monthly subscription box service for epic geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. You know what it is. For less than 20 bucks a month, you can get to six to eight items of awesome licensed apparel. I'm sure you've seen it before. Marvel, DC, Pop Figs, all that good stuff. Sadly, no earnest, but hey, guess what? September, which is the month we're in now, yes it is, uh, is all about speed. Yeah, that's right. It's got a bunch of stuff from uh, Flash and Iron Man and Batman and... Battlestar Galactica, why not? And Laser Time listeners can get 10% off just by going to trylootcrate.com slash lasertime and using promo code BRIDGE10. It's like bridge over the river Kwai. Bridge 10, you get 10% off. And remember, as far as this speedy box goes, you have until the 19th uh, at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe for that month's crate, and then it is over. That is the cutoff, and you get it then. Either way, thank you for supporting us, Loot Crate. Uh, and if you'd like to try Loot Crate, once again, you can go to trylootcrate.com slash lasertime and use promo code BRIDGE10 to get 10% off your subscription. You like Laser Time shows? Then you might like Bonus Time, Laser Time's weekly bonus show exclusively on Patreon.com slash Laser Time. Here's a taste of what you've been missing. Here's the dumb thing that happened to me this week. Uh, like, I've been going on long bike rides, and yes. I only have these uh, hmm. hipster slim pants. Not skinny jeans, slim jeans from Old Navy. Uh, it's so I don't get my, my pants caught in my bike chain. It really hurts to go on 30-mile bike rides in denim, and Heidi bought me a pair of bicycle shorts <laughs> with gel-based crotch uh, area. And, like, when I took those off after wearing them all day, uh, Heidi kicked me in the ass, and it felt like somebody shoved... All the sweat had pulled. <laughs> 
cooled inside, like inside that area, and it yeah. was so sensitive. It felt like somebody was trying to fuck me. <laughs> uh, I, it was a sensation I have never felt before. My ass was so sticky and, and sensitive. Then you're like, kick me again, please. Yeah, oh, yeah. don't stop. Don't huh? stop. Until, don't stop until you can't see your knee. Um, get bonus time, laser times weekly, full length, uncensored, and ad free Patreon exclusive podcasts, as well as weekly full length movie commentaries, wrestling and cartoon video commentaries, physical rewards, the first season of Talking Simpson, and more at patreon.com slash laser time starting at just five bucks you'll help us live and we'll do our best to help you never be bored again it's a time second segment hey barn today's your lucky day we knew you wouldn't want to oversleep barn we only do it once a week barn me and all the other guys burn. We even brought the pies, burn. Okay, who's ready for Ernest commercials? Me, we, we, me, we've we've me. set it up. So I mean, there's so much dairy I want to buy. I yeah. know. Has everybody had enough commercials yet? <laughs> uh, but so, but it, then it starts. They make they made a 1980 commercial for a theme park called Beach Bend. Was it the first one? So I actually cannot find this ad anywhere. Mm. So it was for near Bowling Green, Kentucky. They ran the park. Wow. Kind of ate shit. Is still open today, I think, or maybe new Probably management. Like eighteen different owners. Exactly. In then. Um, but later on, they're pitching Purity uh, on new Virginia. ideas. Yeah, uh, Purity, the dairy company. They're, oh. they're pitching Purity on new ideas, and they offer a lot of thoughts and do back and forth. And they say, "Hey, what about that Hey Vern guy?" And they're like, "The thing we did two years ago <laughs> that like it's we liked him. they're like that's over." Like, no, we love it. That's that's funny. Do that, and it's wow. like okay. So they end up doing this weird thing where they revive a character and a concept from a commercial from two years earlier. But uh, this is a Coke-Pepsi example mm-hmm. of one of the first purity ads. This isn't the first purity ad, but this is kind of like an example of what they would do. Ernest mugs straight at the camera and talks to you as yeah. if you are Vern, and he's holding a Coke and Pepsi can. Hey, Vern, I guess you've been reading about the cola wars. Yeah, Vern, the big two have been going at it toe-to-toe. But you know, Vern, I've been wondering how Purity Orange Juice can get in on this. <laughs> but Purity Orange Juice don't have any caffeine or added sugar or carbonation or artificial coloring. It's just an all-natural, refreshing drink full of vitamins. I guess they just can't compete. But boy, I like a good scrap. And they're all fine. And so just it is. Here, I felt like just fell back into the 1980s of like giant, like thick shag carpeting, yeah. and it's also a new Coke can a, for what it's worth. What a cute mm-hmm. commercial! So oh, wow, no background music. It's a shaky cam. Yeah. It is crooked and all over the place. It one is clear. Take. It is one take. It is clearly somebody's house. Mm-hmm. And most of these commercials are filmed in or around John Cherry's house. So wow. as I have watched this tape, because eventually they would compile these and release a VHS, mm-hmm. and I got one in 92. I think they'd released it before. But Greatest Hits Volume 1 and 2, they're all on YouTube. You can watch all these. So do you think you could map out John Cherry's house? I, might, I might be able to, because what I loved about watching them over and over and over again was you would start to see, like, oh, that's an IG-88, like Star Wars toy on his refrigerator. Really? And because this is 1983, 84, probably, sure. 82... That's probably an act that that is an actual Empire Strikes Back slash Return of the Jedi era <laughs> toy that's just in the background of this commercial that's on TV. Do you yeah. think they asked Lucas if? They, of course yeah. not. I, we, it's we, just we, shit in their we house. We shot that fucking zombie video for yeah. Dead Island. They're like, you have to get all these toys off your desk. I'm like, that's not happening. Yeah, and they and we had to. Yeah. So naturally, that commercial causes a reaction. Uh, mm-hmm. They see this guy with his rubber face, like mugging at him and talking, and he's kind of annoying. Um, a lot. They get a lot of complaints that they quote were making fun of retarded people, 
Really? Because what? people were like, that's not nice. This poor man. And it's like, that's an actor. Huh. That's Because back then in the 80s, you could confuse people this way. The big takeaway was... I just, yeah, I thought he was goofy. I wonder, yeah. I, wonder, I mean, just out of curiosity, is there any rationale behind his outfit? Uh, it, it's just uh, not that like I, a gray shirt, denim vest, denim vest, uh, ball cap, a plain hat. Yeah, I think it's just kind of. I'm not sure how they it's settled. Iconic in its own way. Yeah, so. no, he ends up retaining that look throughout. But the big takeaway was these commercials, like they heard they were like irritating people, and at first John Terry's like, "Ah, oh, Jesus, like, is this bad? Because now are people mad at, yeah. at these commercials? That's probably not good for business." But what he does instead is, "Wait a minute, <laughs> if people are reacting, yeah." I'm going to go, he goes to TV stations and radio stations. It turns out that people were calling the TV stations, Mm -hmm. when is the next Ernest ad running? Wow. They would call to ask (laughs) when the next commercial with this guy would air. So that means they are a hit because for the first time in history, people are calling, when's that commercial coming when's that com- Like the same way you'd yell at someone on Twitter for not making more stuff you like. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so they all have the same premise. He, hey, Vern, blah, 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 plug, 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 physical gag or silly joke, and then it's out. It's 30 seconds. It's one shot, one take. Um, before long, they're making tons of quick gags around his house that can have products swapped in and out. The noun changes, but the gag, the joke, mm. the shot is the same. So yep. he'll do that same bit twice. Um, and he describes it here. Uh, cables are dragged through the hall of his house. Light stands telescoped wow. up. Sound tests cut through the air. Recording playback are set up in a den. As soon as one gag and shoot is done, they move to the next. Yeah. It's just like a, a factory. So it, it, the, it, the, the high point of that, though, saves Christmas. Uh-huh. When they do a theatrical version, that's the only time I think he talks to Vern in a movie. Uh, I don't remember. And there, there's it's been a, a while. There's a gorgeous, long first-person shot. <laughs> oh, He's ripping there? the wires oh, out of walls. Yeah. Like it, like you've, I you've seen that. Saves Christmas. You remember the scene? Like This is a weird scene. Yeah. It's referencing that's the right. origin of Ernest. I remember that. Yeah, um, never, so, that's the only time. In any of the movies, no, you don't like, see him. Yeah, he, you never, you never see Vern. But like, uh, he, I don't think he addresses. No, he does address the camera. I yeah. think in the beginning of uh, Camp. Yeah, but uh, but the, the <clears throat> one in Saves Christmas, that's the one to watch because it's like widescreen, it's HD, it's yeah. gorgeous, it's Disney money. Yeah, Disney money. Um, so the VHS that I keep talking of, uh, this is the thing I watch repeatedly, and it opens yeah, what with the called. It's called Greatest Hits Volume One. Mm. Um, but this opens with a Sprite ad, which I think is. This means they're pretty far along wow, because yeah. you have Sprite at Big this time. point. Like Coke eventually spends money, but probably pissed off the two uh, Coke War uh, companies. Yeah. But so this is a gag like. that's used over and over again. He walks up to a window. Hey, Vern, boy, I'm sure glad you switched from that uncola. Sprite's everything that stuff is: clear, clean, caffeine free. But Sprite tastes better because only Sprite has limon. Know what I mean? <laughs> Lemon, you know that. Lyman. I forgot yeah. about lime before they were the the official drink of hip hop. Yeah, Sprite yeah. was all about so, marketing his lime. So the bit is, he walks up. Vern and his wife are eating next to a window, and Ernest. Uh. All the shots are him like barging in, grabbing a can. Like, what's yeah. that? What's that do? Like, like Dennis the Menace style. So he's taking a drink of Sprite, then puts his hands on the windowsill, and then the window falls on his Pop fingers. Another one in bad boys. How about it? Falls on his fingers. They burn start- him! Burn him! And then you just fade to black, and that's it. And then the next clip in the VHS is another recurring gag, where he walks up to Vern working on a broken TV. The reason I'm doing these is because these are recurring gags. Imagine every product imaginable, just change the word Sprite. Hot, ain't it, Vern? Look what your old buddy Ernest has brought you, Vern. An icy cold Sprite instead of that 7-Up you used to drink, because only Sprite's got the great taste of lemon. Sprite burn, just the thing when you're working up a sweat over one of these old off-brand air conditioners. Know what I mean? Well, there's your problem right there, Vern. You see that little wire right there? 
Looks like it's got a little something. Oh, electric. Lord, in it. My dad used to work on My that. My dad used to work on that. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, uh, yeah, but these gags get done a lot. I can't lot. believe, like, is there a difference between 7-Up and Sprite? Like, I can uh, taste the difference yeah. between Coke and bit, Pepsi, yeah. but not Sprite and 7-Up. And then finally, the, another hugely recurring gag, and you'll see this done in the family album, mm-hmm. is Vern's on the roof. Yeah. A ladder comes up and... Hey, Vern. <laughs> it sure is hot up here, Vern. I bet you'd like a cold, smooth, mellow yellow right now, mm-hmm. would you? Yeah, I just bet you would. You know, Vern, there's nothing like a good old cold mellow yellow when you're all hot and sweaty. I Whoa. think it sure beats that Mountain Dew. <laughs> you know what that sound means in Russia, Vern? Empty. <laughs> so then Vern kicks the ladder off, uh, and, uh, and he has to, uh, and he jumps off the ladder, falls off the roof. Somewhere, Shawn Michaels is watching this commercial. Ah. Hey. So now, it's a great gag in camp, actually. He's yeah. scooting the ladder. And- so now, we just saw the Mellow Yellow ad where he's on the roof, right? With the ladder. Now, compare the Mellow Yellow ad to this ad that I'm queuing up now. Ladder comes up. Oh, hi, Vern. Put that in there and this and here and this and here and that and over. Gosh, Vern, aren't you awful heavy to be working up here? You know what you need, Vern? It's some of this Cream Weber Highland 2% milk. Cream Weber Highland, Vern. It's 98% fat-free. And that's what you need to be, Vern. 98% fat-free. And that way, when you're up here working, these roof beams won't be buckling like that. So then Vern goes to kick him. Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. But Vern has a, uh, Ernest has a grappling hook that he swings. Or, sorry, that's later. That's just to show... That was an example of, like, they just swapped a product out, mm-hmm. right? Like, it used to be Sprite, now it was milk. So now, the next commercial is the same thing Burn. happens. Burn. You know, there's two things I have learned in this life. I love this Number day. one, you can't be too safe. And B, you've got to get plenty <laughs> of this cream of Weber low-fat milk in this handy jug. Burn, it helps keep you slim and trim. So get <laughs> cream of Weber low-fat milk and help preserve life right. on this planet as we know so it. So Vern goes to kick him. <laughs> Now, here's where you start introducing the idea sure. of continuity in the commercials. Hmm. No. Because you have established that Vern... People have now watched this enough, like, oh, Vern's going to kick him off the roof. Yeah. He has a grappling hook <laughs> and swings it and then catches the roof. <laughs> Vern has clippers, cuts the rope, <laughs> and he still has to jump. Love but they Jim build, scream. They, yeah. They, uh. But the idea that they're building on your expectations because they know people, and they did studies, like peop, the retention that like mm-hmm. 90% of people pulled knew what Ernest was. Mm-hmm. And when they asked, do you remember what he advertised? They were like, yeah. Because they're like, it was funny. Cream of Weber Highland Milk. I've never drank that milk in my yeah. life. And I know the brand name. Cream of Weber Highland Milk. Like, it doesn't even exist where I grew up and so, I know what it is. This is like the Shyamalan twist where it's like, <gasps> you think... Ernest is the crazy one. No, Vern is the one willing to push a man off a ladder. Yeah. Can probably kill him. Like, dropping yeah. a window on his fingers is one thing, but, like, um, you're killing So this, this will build to it. I'll get to it in a minute, but uh, people get upset at a certain point that we're going to get to where, Vern, where Ernest is mistreated and it, really? ca- it causes it an uproar. But so this is one of my great, uh, one of the great, it's not quite an outtake, but it's an outtake that they don't use. And then on the VHS, it's followed by... Uh, a different cut and this is before they're called before lunch and after lunch the idea being before lunch I'm so happy right now yes so before lunch this is what the take sounds like 
Hey, Vern, me and Shorty just took a test drive in your new Toyota pickup from Boulder Toyota. Uh, Shorty's dog in the back of this pickup uh, truck, by the way. Handles like a dream. Slinky dog line, by the way. <laughs> Golly, Bob. Howdy, Vern. I can't understand how them boys down at Boulder Toyota can sell them so dad blame low. I guess that's why they're number one. Well, come on, Shorty. Let's... Shorty. You shouldn't have done that in the back of Vern's new pickup. Then he Sorry, pulls a Vern. puppy out of the back. Oh. Boulder Toyota, Vern. The pick of the litter. Know what I mean? I guess. So that is followed by a take, a take called After Lunch for a different... Uh, but I love this. I quote this all the time. Oh, hi, Vern. Me and Shorty just took a test drive in your new pickup from Boulder Toyota. Handles like a dream. Golly, Bob, howdy. I don't see how those boys down at Boulder Toyota make them sit dad blame well. I guess that's why they're number one. Well, uh, come on, Shorty. Let's, uh, Shorty, you, uh, you shouldn't have done that in the back of Vern's new pickup. Sorry, Vern. Just, what is it? Is he drunk? No, he's Boulder just... Boulder Toyota, Vern. Just, uh, Take the litter, you know what I mean? It's just him being a... Uh, can we have a little more energy? <laughs> <laughs> it's just do him intentionally... Yeah, Gee, him I wonder where Bob Being intentionally like he's after lunch and he's eating. I was but wondering if there'd be anything... I just... Uh, it just uh, it's was just obsessing a, over the idea his voice is so distinctive, and yeah. I just remember from like a fucking E! True Hollywood story, which I found, by the way, are all on YouTube and oh, great. Wow. He's, that he's like he's like couldn't you just quit smoking he's like I'm part I have Irish have Cherokee yeah, I didn't smoke four packs of cigarettes a day and an entire bottle of whiskey what like, choice do I have he's like I never stood a chance I never like, stood a chance in the world um, and perhaps the oldest commercial that I remember remember seeing on television no, yourself so I did see Ernest commercials as a mm-hmm. really little kid for Taco John's which mm-hmm. is a Taco Bell-ish <laughs> lo- <laughs> but it's it's better quality but it's a, it was a regional like, but it's Mex- being made by a guy named John hey I'm John come get some authentic Mexican yeah. food it was a small chain but I remember uh, so there's a Miller Yellow commercial huh. in the set that for me was a Taco John's commercial wow. it was the same gimmick though um, but it's for Brahms Burgers, and when you can see the copyright information when the when the pictures come up or when the screen comes on, it says 1982. Mm. So that's why I think this is among huh. the earliest. But this also has a line that I say repeatedly anytime anyone is eating French fries. Never I forgotten it. I think of this line, or think it to myself. Well, hey, Vern, what is that? Reaches across the table and picks is that up one of your new Brahms sandwich. country fried steak sandwiches. Takes a bite out of it. Yeah. It is. Mm. They are good, aren't they? A real Brahms country fried steak sandwich with tomatoes and lettuce and the works. Then here we go. How's them fries? Reaches across, eats his fries. Literally every time someone eats French fries, fries, I'm like, how's them fries? You with and, a no one, and no one reacts. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know why I thought. Now we will. I don't Austin. know why I thought I should do this. But uh, for what it's worth, Vern... Mm-hmm. Is for a lot of times this cameraman named Jim May, mm-hmm. who's the cinematographer. Jim May, pronounced Jim May, uh, is the cinematographer on the Family Album movie that we'll get to in a second. But you get this wide-angle lens, you get these subtle movements, and this embodiment of a bothered second party mm-hmm. of you as Vern, who has a neighbor that won't leave you alone, that's mm. just always in your business and always in your front door, and like, hey, 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 hey. Um, well, but, is there a theory? Well, uh, here's a theory that I just made up. He's not. Er, he's not it's, a figment of Vern's imagination. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, but he's he's deaf and mute, so he can't understand, and he's just angry that this man is in his face all the time. And is Ernest there, doesn't understand sign language clearly. Yeah, I mean, does does Ernest ever react in a way like you just answered me? Like, is he a no? Okay, Vern does not respond. Okay, um, but this is another one of the gags, and I'm I'm just bombarding you with these because it's another. 
just a phrase that he would hear a lot in these commercials that I say a lot to myself and to no one else whenever I need to go somewhere. It's very brave of you. This is my special place. Cold, ain't it, Murray? Have you had your coffee yet? I'll tell you that convenient has got some coffee. I've got to have my convenient coffee every morning. It's so hot and black. And rich and good. That freshly brewed convenient <laughs> coffee every morning gets me moving. Gets me moving. I'm moving, 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 moving in my convenient cup. I'm moving, 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 moving. I think I'll have a donut. And that's. I do say that every time I watch a Beyonce video. <laughs> Hot and black and good. <laughs> and rich. Uh, and then real quick, uh, I just love this gag of he walks up. To uh, hand out some ice cream to be helpful, mm-hmm. has a smile on his face, talking to kids, and then as he hands Vern, hey Vern, I see you brought the youngins in for a double dip of that Brahms ice cream. They're humongous, ain't they? And big too. Let a Werner's help, okay? So he now hands out see. the ice cream. Who got the vanilla? Who got the butter pecan? And who got the strawberry? And as he hands the chocolate to Vern, he takes and a Vern, huge lick of it. I bet you got slurp. The chocolate. And then his face completely changes. Don't you want yours, Mark? Oh, pay the lady. And that's uh-huh. the, I just love how it's basically a smash cut of like he's smiling, happy cartoon rabbit face. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, well, pay the lady. And then that's it. That's the commercial. And uh, these things did really well. So big factor in their success was a guy named Roy Leitner. We're half an hour and we're only in Ernest <laughs> commercials. This is great. This is mostly commercials. Yeah. Like, this is to show you how the proper context. Uh, Roy Leitner, who would convince new clients that their ads could help improve sales. And they're mm. like, what are you talking about? Like, this guy just talking yeah. directly? Does this if work? If you can believe that. I, I just saw some stupid, like, Nike documentary that, like, they were completely... We are against advertising. It can do nothing for us. Mm. Meanwhile, that's like, made Nike what they are. Is mm, literally endorsements. Advertisements. Yeah. And, uh, so there's an anecdote about Safeway. Uh, he he tells these people in a in a um, in like a marketing meeting. Hey, mm. Safeway is raising the prices of your dairy products, so more people will buy their house brand, mm-hmm. and we can fix that for you. Like, let us run, let us do an earnest ad, and they're mm. like, okay. So then they did, and then this other different ice cream chain claimed before they ran an earnest ad, they sold about a hundred banana splits a week, uh-huh. and they ran an earnest ad, and they sold eleven thousand. Wow! <laughs> in the same time period, wow. and it's just like I know these commercials can sound silly, and these jokes are maybe not that funny. I can't get or... eleven thousand people to watch one of our fucking YouTube videos. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> when more people listen to this show, but well, and you're already on YouTube. I know you have the tab open. I know you have access to YouTube. Um, but then they would even use an earnest promo to sell advertisers. Wow. And so this is a pitch. This is a pitch thing wow. that I don't think this exists. It's like a dream within a dream. We are yes. accepting now. So this is earnest. This is them recording a bit, and I don't have audio, so I'll just read it. And it's like, hey, Vern. You know why people eat chicken eggs instead of duck eggs? Well, I'll tell you why. When a duck lays an egg, it just saunters off and don't say a thing. But when a chicken lays an egg, it just squawks and hollers and struts around. She wants the whole world to know about it. And that's advertising. <laughs> wow. And now, you're being, you just got incepted. Wow. Uh, the so, only level deeper I can think is if Jim Varney made a video to hype himself up before he made that commercial. Wow. Jim, you are great at <laughs> yeah. selling advertisers on using advertising. You are going to nail this advertising <laughs> advertisement. So now we've done a lot of products where yeah. it's like convenient mart or Sprite or mm-hmm. milk or dairy products. But he would also do a lot of stuff for just utilities mm-hmm. and 
Yeah. Random things like that. So this is as they kept taking on more and more clients. These are running all over the country in different markets, all specialized. And everyone, because it's the early 80s, Mm -hmm. everyone thinks these are just for them. So this is a new one. Hey, Byrne. (laughs) You digging a hole? Why? (laughs) Did you call the gas company first? Why not? Byrne, if you don't call before you dig, you could hit a gas line and really mess up a perfect afternoon. Know what I mean? No heat. No hot water, you can't cook, and you're sure not going to make any new friends down at the gas company, you know what I mean? Uh, Vern, they also since you're down there, get me some night crawlers. Eh. Hey. These are so southern. Yeah, very southern. Um, <laughs> so, just, uh, glad he's not still alive, so he's not fucking vouching for Trump right now. Well, he can do whatever he wants. Sorry, Larry the Cable Guy has me. Oh, oh yeah, there was that. <laughs> uh, so here's one. So, Chris, you'll at least you'll at least know. You might know this company. I don't know. Let's find out. Capcom. <laughs> hey, Vern, I see you got your cable vision of Central Florida. Vern, we are talking that cable entertainment vision. extravaganza, comprendo? Look, Vern, you got your USA, WTBS, MTV, ESPN, Nashville Network. Vern, you've even got all your major networks, all crystal clear. And, Vern, you've even got your HBO Cinemax combo that you so jealously fond of. Vern, <laughs> any closer to heaven, and you'd have to wear wings. Know what I mean? Vern, don't watch Cinemax after nine o'clock on Saturday. <laughs> hey, Vern, you heard of this Emmanuel? Uh, like, I, <laughs> that's what? so meta. Just it's, it's a local advertisement for national cable. What the fuck? Yeah. So, oh yeah. wow. It, yeah. That's, but, I, but I think that says to me like that's how much that's how much research there was in this working. Yeah. Like we could make a national spot because we are a national company. Yeah, Why don't yeah. we just get Ernest to promote it here? Yeah. So it's also worth reiterating like they are. It's still a small operation. Yeah. But they're making a ton of money because yeah. these these ads are taking off at a time when again you have to imagine if you're if you're ten years younger than us mm-hmm. there's no internet there's no YouTube there's no Twitter there's no cell phones mm-hmm. you have I didn't have cable till like 1991 yeah. so like there's only like five channels mm-hmm. if you don't live in New York or L A where there's a lot of oh, local yeah. stations over the broadcast like you have so few avenues for entertainment on TV mm-hmm. so you saw these and most at, well I'll get to how this changed something else uh, for news but. Mm-hmm. These were just revolutionizing, making commercials entertaining. Mm-hmm. That didn't really mm-hmm. happen a lot before this. It's it's really I love watching early '80s advertisements because they're so fucking boring but sincere. Yeah, our product is the and then they sing a song. And this is before Coke the Coke is the best. Coke yeah. is nice. And this is before the '80s became the '80s <laughs> that we think of. Like yeah. this is before any real excess. Yeah, like, this before is, that that blend of the '90s and '80s hyper color. Yeah, and, uh, before like the crazy lasers and grids and stuff happens. But uh, this laugh that he does at the end of this plus there's a recurring gag here of i like the little blank could be a duck could be a bear but here's another one. Oh, sorry burn didn't mean to wake you up so he's in his house at night and turns a lamp on <laughs> to tell him that he's in his house but i just looked in your fridge and i see where you finally came to your senses and got rid of that old mountain dew and made the mellow yellow move yeah Vern, you must have overcome your trauma and <laughs> regained your brain well Vern. You going back to sleep and get some rest, and I'll drink old half dozen of these and going home. Half dozen. He walk, he leaves the room, then comes There's back. No way he's going to bed. He can, yeah, comes back. Oh, Vern. I love this. I like the little bear. <laughs> is, that a, is that a crack up? That laugh. Break? No, that's his. That's his bit. Mm. Like his. He will. Like he'll he'll catch him in the bathtub and he'll come back. I like the little duck and do the same laugh, but just that raspy. Um, oh, and here's one beautifully dated. Uh, you would It's the early 80s, so this had to happen. It was inevitable, and that's that's fine. 
Hey there, Vern. Ernest P. is back with the HBO and the Cinemax rap. Get movies, specials, sports shows, too. At one low price, all you got to do is pick up the phone and call today. Get all the rack connections now. Don't delay. This cable vision is the one to see. You'd have done it yesterday if you were me. So put cable vision up on your screen. Call them today. Know what I mean? <laughs> we did a whole... pull out the... Quote? We did a whole episode about 80s rap commercials, and I missed this? And you, I, you, I could not find it isolated. That's why, because when we did oh. that show, I was like frantically years ago trying to find that. It's okay. just embedded in one of the 48-minute clips. Okay. So the thing that I love, I've said this before, but this is, you will recognize rooms. Mm-hmm. You'll be like, that's the kitchen. Yeah. That's the bedroom. There's an Atari 2600 in this shot. That's a fucking like Bandai like kaiju monster yeah. that's just sitting in the back. Uh, IG-88, like I said. Uh, it's rinky-dink feeling, but raking in the cash. They have a ton of great outtakes. You should watch Greatest Hits Volume 1 and 2 on YouTube. I would normally just play the whole damn thing. Yeah. But uh, here is one of my favorite things is the examples of, on the tapes, You some bits you only see the outtakes. You don't see the completed bit, mm-hmm. which makes me, in my head canon is... He never got through it because he kept mm. cracking up. And this one is for Valentine's Day where they... Philadelphia just don't get a milk commercial. Yeah, where <laughs> it's they, they lift open a heart-shaped box of chocolates and it's Ernest's head in it because he's under the table, but he's covered in like chocolate. I've seen this. He's covered in chocolate. Mm-hmm. Happy Valentine's Day, bro. I'm Matt Carmel. Happy... <laughs> <laughs> uh. Happy Valentine's Day, bro. I'm Matt Carmel. And... Uh, be mine, Vern. Hey, Matt Cameron. I love you. And if you can imagine his uh, Ernest Goes he's to fine, Jail ink, yeah. ink mouth. Fine, fine. Like, that's what he's doing. Happy Valentine's Day, Vern. Hey, Matt Cameron. Wait, did you, and then, did uh, you say they had that depressing statistic that you found the Ernest Goes to Jail eating the pen clip on YouTube, and it's just called Man Eats His Own Pen? Man Eats Own Pen. Because fucking Ernest... Jesus Christ, because you just don't want to use the word earnest, earnest, or you just found this? I don't know, but uh, the the final crack-up is... Happy Valentine's Day, Vern. <laughs> hey, Matt Caramel. And then... Happy Valentine's Day, be mine. A little direction. Action. Happy Valentine's Day, be mine, Vern. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Laugh so uh. much. And this is my favorite outtake of all time, because he's contorting his face so much, and his eyes are, like, going cross-eyed, and I feel like... He could not physically... I feel like he couldn't physically get through this gag. And it has the outtake music in the background as well. Um, if you're Adult! <laughs> okay. But the doctor tells me if I keep taking these mind off... <laughs> but, Burn, the doctor tells me if I keep taking these mind-altering... <laughs> oh. uh, takes a second. <laughs> but the doctor tells me after a few weeks of these mind-altering experiments... <laughs> Everybody's outtake music? What I feel it, like I'm about yeah. to watch a Bill Dance clip. <laughs> so they have a outtake <laughs> section, and yeah. that, that's the music that plays underneath the outtakes. Yeah. Also, what was for the what, advertising there? PC, PCP? I don't know, but also, I don't know if you've ever heard me I say... Scientology. Scientology. <laughs> Join Scientology, bro. I don't know if you've ever heard me say, like adult. Mm. Sometimes I'll go, like adult. Hey. I'll, and, like adult, hey. <laughs> but it comes from this, where he's supposed to be juggling, and he clearly keeps putting his hand in the frame... Proving he's not doing the juggling. All we gotta do, Vern, is give them a chance to succeed. <laughs> I put my hand in the frame <laughs> like adult. That's funny. <laughs> like I, I say that on a daily basis. 
Uh, so anyway, move. yeah, we have to go to break for real quick. We, yeah. we will be back with apparently more earnest commercials, more and more <laughs> more information. Please. there likes books everybody well guess what guys brett is going to recommend you two awesome earnest books at the end of this program but hey if you don't like physical reading anymore why not audible ah this is brought to you by audible in case you didn't know and laser time listeners can go to audibletrial.com slash laser time and get a free month of uh, audible including a free audiobook what kind of books do they have well sadly they don't have keeper of the clown and the importance of being earnest which we'll mention later in the show is available physically and it's not like jim varney's around to cut dialogue for that but if you like funny people and i i do there's a bunch of biographies from a bunch of other funny people like jim gaffigan aziz ansari nick offerman and i'm a huge fan personally of every single uh, memoir from an snl cast member and uh, look at that. You got Tina Fey up there. Amy Poehler's Yes, Please. And one I have not read yet, David Spade's Almost Interesting. I swear, I don't care what you think of Spade. I got to read every SNL memoir. I do love them so. And if you'd like to try Audible, remember, Laser Time listeners can go to audibletrial.com slash laser time and get a free 30-day trial in a free audiobook just for checking it out. Thank you so much, Audible. Back to the program. happy guys we did it we finally did the earnest episode it was a lot of pressure on brett and i think this is probably the this is the most hipster earnest thing i can ever imagine but i want to point out if you guys wanted to watch earnest family album with your pals from laser time we did record a live video commentary no syncing required that we're going to leave exclusive to our patrons on patreon.com slash laser time and we're going to try and make it available to the rest of you we'll see again this is a weird rights thing we got to keep it private but yeah you can watch that with all of us patreon.com slash laser time that's also where you can get a bunch of other stuff including our commentaries over 50 full-length movie commentaries and just so you know Next Monday at 6 p.m. Pacific, we will be watching Ernest Goes to Jail. For my money, the greatest Ernest movie ever made. And if you check out those Amazon links, there's not my money does not goes pretty far when it comes to Ernest items. Uh, speaking of Patreon, other stuff. Talking Simpsons just wrapped its third season. That's right. That's right. Laser Time's chronological breakdown of The Simpsons, uh, hosted by Bob Mackie and Henry Gilbert and me, uh, has finally passed its third season. And as we did with our second season, we've done a Patreon-exclusive uh, Season 3 wrap-up. Of course, we'll kick it off next week with Camp Krusty, first episode of the fourth season. It is tremendous. But there's a wrap-up there. And a video I put up on our YouTube-slash-Facebook channel that uh, blew my mind. We try and talk about the minutia, all the things that were happening around then in 1992, how big the Simpsons were, because again, they were burning real white hot. I could go on and on. Hey, did you know that our buddy Greg from uh, a previous localization episode has also on our YouTube channel done a bunch of weirdo Japanese games there? We're putting them up every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific. You should go check those out. And I will be doing something in honor of Adam Sandler's birthday this week. And it is far meaner than I'd like. And you can find that and more on lasertimepodcast.com, including uh, 302010 and Video Game Apocalypse, our weekly video game show. I am tired of plugging things. I am sweaty. I think I'm going to go. Have a back to the show. More earnest.
already tired of 2016? Jump into the past with 302010, our weekly pop culture time machine podcast. Here's something you may remember from 1996. Prince Charles and Princess Di divorced after 15 years of marriage. Aww. That was a big deal. I seem so happy. I seem so happy. It was. It, my mom was like devastated. Yeah. As an Anglo, huge Anglophile. Um, so she was died devastated. Sorry. Yeah, she princess died in a car accident. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's next year. <laughs> wow. She really didn't get to enjoy the single. No, she long. didn't. I don't no. think she got to see Spawn in the theater. Oh. <laughs> that's why Elton John wrote the song. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't get to see Spawn. An unsold ticket on the windows. John Leguizamo has a midget clap. (laughs) (laughs) That's 302010, a weekly look at what happened in pop culture 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago, every Thursday right here on the Laser Tab Network. I'm awfully glad it's raining Cause no one sees your teardrops when it pours And no one knows the thunder Is your heartbreak in disguise They think the rainy nights What put that sad look in your eyes Welcome back to the Laser Time Earnest episode, Vern. I am not doing the and man I am, justice. Uh, I'm not You're cringing. At, you don't, we don't have to. This, not is, this, is, this. this is one Everyone for us. Everyone asked for it, so all you all have you're two, getting... 249 for you, or more like 203. Some of them are very self-indulgent. But yeah. yes, it's a Laser Time's two, two, uh, 250th episode. We wanted to give it all to Elson for his earnest love. And I can't stress this enough. Like I would watch these two VHSs, mm-hmm. Greatest Hits 1 and 2. I really <laughs> started watching them when, they, when these VHSs came out in 92. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they were re-released. But through the early mid-80s, I did see things like this family album that we'll get to in a second, mm-hmm. Camp, the movies. And like I, I, I knew what he was, but like it really solidified the commercials. And then as I got older and older, just this concept of like, wow, you, you just like... Like touring around is like a small operation yeah. and got so many people to buy into this yeah. and called all the shots pretty much. And that's that's that will like never happen again. Totally. The world is too corporate and too buttoned totally. up at this point. Like that's why I was saying YouTube. We need stars, to lock them into an exclusive contract. Yeah, YouTube. Nobody stars, else gets earnest. Yeah, they're kind of like the closest thing mm-hmm. is that anyway. So this this popularity gets to a point where when they aired this commercial around Christmas time, uh, probably 1983 or something mm-hmm. like that, uh, Ernest shows up. At a news anchor's house for a Christmas party, and all the other anchors keep walking in around him, seeming like he's not invited. Oh, whoa, whoa, Vern. It's me, Ernest, Sandy's little party helper. And look what I brought you some chips and party dips and everything. Merry Christmas. You know, Vern, it's that time of year when people get together to celebrate with their friends and have a good time. And there's Ken and Craig and Jerry. It looks like the whole Channel 40, Channel 29, two center team is here. Hey, listen, Vern, if you need any more chips or anything, I'm right next door. It's no trouble at all. Just give me a call. Merry Christmas, Vern. Shuts the door in his face. People called and complained. Wow. Oh, like apparently a lot. Uh, the story goes because That's they're the like thing. because it's like that is so rude. Mm. Vern shut the door on him on Christmas time and wouldn't invite Ernest in his home. <laughs> left him out in the snow in the cold. I can't watch these anymore. And people were like, "How dare you?" We so, were fine when he got kicked off a ladder because yeah. he's recommending chicken. But, but uh, he can recover from a broken leg. Oh, can yeah. he recover from a broken heart? Oh. This is also around the time where like 
Frank, or Frank, uh, Fred Flintstone lets uh, bygones be bygones and gives Barney yeah. Rubble fruity pebbles. Like, exactly. Oh, Fred. It's the year. It's the time of year when everyone's supposed to. Oh, wow, that really sent me back. Holy cow! You're welcome. Yeesh. It's on our uh, Facebook page, people. But so th- that leads to a commercial sequel that they filmed in the intervening <laughs> week that aired before New Year's, which opens with the exact same place that that commercial ended Barnett! with the door shut. Barnett! Open the door, Barnett! And he throws a snowball at him. Happy New Year, Barnett! And that's it. It doesn't advertise anything. So he got his comeuppance. Yes. And wow. That, there's no product in there at all. It's just a thing that... It was just addressing yes. angry fans. The canon of Jesus these commercials. Christ. So, Jesus And that Christ. wasn't even like... When you said that, I thought like, oh, so he gets invited to the New Year's party. No. He it just, is, he I'm, just, I'm glad... Because like, that might mess up the dynamic yeah. of like... Yeah. They, they still kind of hate so each other. This, this also kind of triggered a change in local news. Not... Completely, but if you think about Anchorman, which was parodying the stuffy three-piece suit look of the news team in the mm-hmm. '70s, and how important and serious, and at the time, news was still seen pretty stuffy and mm-hmm. you know rrr, rrr, news, and it needs to be to a certain extent. But sure. certain TV stations, like that one, would advertise and align themselves with Ernest and have a comedy joke where Ernest is still the butt of the joke, mm-hmm. but it kind of puts the news team over wrestling terminology. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, it it you know makes the news team look funny or good or competent next to Ernest, and people were like that'll never work. We're not aligning our news team. Every station that did that got better ratings. <laughs> if Be- I was a kid, I know which news I'd encourage my parents to watch. Yeah, and so humor in general wasn't a go-to tactic for commercials mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. early '80s. It was no. very like you said. It was like yeah. our drink is the best. You yeah. should have it. And this was a like the best part of waking <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bolton. Um, but so after a year, and so it really did change like this idea that you could be silly with your news team or that you could be silly with products. And not that this was the first time that has ever happened, but in such a nation sweeping yeah. way. Yeah. Um, so after a year or so of this, uh, and this is like 82, 85, mm-hmm. they make Know What I Mean, Hey Vern, It's My Family album, which we watched. Yeah. Uh, and we we, re- we recorded our, it's it. On our, it's either on our Patreon or YouTube channel. And it's an acting showcase for Varney where he gets mm-hmm. to play all these prior relatives as he goes to this family album. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching this in like 1986, renting it from a store. And I think this is what I saw that was like, this guy's really funny. But this was, I guess, them trying, like, well, everybody knows this character now yeah. to merchandise Ernest. Probably yeah. the first attempt? I think so. I think this is the first time. Uh, they did make a movie called Dr. Otto and the Riddle of the Gloom Beam. Yes. But that, which, which Ernest just appears in as character but Jim Varney is in throughout and I think this just aired on TV not theatrically whereas Gloombeam Mm -hmm. they wanted to be a movie and it's like so you capitalize on the popularity of Ernest Mm -hmm. with Jim Varney playing a goofy villain with a hand on his head I had to, to imagine it was like I'm more than this. Sure, or just wanting to do something different. But, but also it, these two, John Cherry and, and Jim Varney, trying to like really take control of their destinies by using, I'm guessing, the equipment they owned mm-hmm. for these commercials to make their own product to sell. Because yeah. right now they don't have a product to sell yeah. other than and was, other people. Yeah, it's an experiment. Like, mm-hmm. can can he play around and do different stuff? So we watched, and some of his, one of his relatives is a Davy uh, Crockett. Mm-hmm. Right with the yeah. cap, Davy Earl, or? a, a uh, pioneer who's trapped around uh, Native Americans. I'll politely call them, uh, <clears throat> not what they're called in there, but um, it's it's uh, the it's, old S word. It's lightly danced around, mm-hmm. thankfully. Um, but he has to pretend like he is everyone in this fort because yes. they're surrounding this camp and they can't see in, and he's the only one in there. Yes, but so he has this gag to fend and, off the Indians, and they're the beige foot, and they keep arguing about. He, I've never he, heard beige foot. Well, it's yeah. fake. But, mm-hmm. like, they're arguing. And that's the point, though. Oh, it's, I thought that was, a, like, a, a shorthand racial slur. No. Well, like, uh, 
You just said it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's this is Jane him. Man. This is him with each different hat on, trying to argue with himself about what a beige foot is. You're scared. Every time I go up against a beige foot, beige foot. Well, not really beige. Kind of an off-white, kind of like you know, an eggshell color. I'm afraid you're wrong there, Major. It's not quite an eggshell. It's not. It don't have that much yellow in it. You see, it's more. He rubs the wall. It's more like, uh, sort of like that, only not quite that bold. Like color of wheat. No. That's weed. A, yeah. Did he say weed or wheat? Wheat. Uh, um, I, like then, to, I like to think it's weed. And, and then there's uh, Uncle Lloyd Worrell, which is the meanest man alive. Uh, they're so poor they pretend to eat. And here he is describing his son. Mister. Look at him. Six foot three, two hundred and sixty-five pounds. He's only eight years old. So that's that. As a kid, that shit he says them at the end is so goddamn mean. Yeah, he has this. Uh, I'll I'll scrub that actually. So he's reading him a bedtime story, and he's just being mean to his son. Yes, and ends up reading him a story from a phone book, but then makes up a story to harass his son, who's trying Confirms to. Go. His name is mistake. His mistake is. Bad. Oh, a name mistake. Born to Ruth and Lloyd Worrell. And he will catch mumps and measles again. And catch on fire. This kid starts frowning. And fall off the edge of the world. <laughs> and mash his fingers. And die before he is 12. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that killed me as a little kid. Um, but then... We'll end the show with Billy Boogie Worrell, which is this 70s, early 80s okay. carnival. That's what the song I want to we, we were over. The show was over. I was scared. Oh, no, no, no. No, there's still plenty more earnest. We're only an hour in, people. Oh, <laughs> whoa. That's bad. Uh, so I'll move a little quicker. Um, so he ends up on the NBC Nightly News with Tom Brokaw. Ooh. Tom Brokaw. I also, I don't know that this will come across. What? If, this clip starts with a, like, the earnest segment begins mm-hmm. the way this clip starts. Mm-hmm. The segment prior to it is ending. So you get a little, like, non sequitur tag mm-hmm. at the end. And, like, well, that was the color from hell. Anyway. Wow. Right, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. the tag on this is the most 1986 <laughs> thing you can imagine. Fighting the Frizzies yeah. at 11. Uh, it's, it's Tom, and it's Tom Brokaw. So the way this ends and oh. the segue... Well, if you were in the kid of the '80s or Zacco is wacko or or '70s, this uh, this is great. If she says she found the beef in spaghetti sauce, Ernie, on the other hand, has no beef with his sponsors. He's doing just fine for them and for himself. Thank you very much. Ernie doesn't look like much unless you're fond of nerds, and as Douglas Kiker tells us tonight, it turns out that a lot of people are. <laughs> what the That's fuck? Fucking, and it's it's it's. It's a Chiron that has the where's the beef lady that says where's the job. <laughs> Talking about how her her bit, because they went national with the where's the beef thing. Yes. It was in, and that gag ran itself out. Yeah. If she says she found the beef in spaghetti sauce. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, Spit nerds. But so Are then you one? Yes, really. But then they aired uh, I'm the, not, I'm Tom Brokaw. They had footage of him doing Shakespeare, so here's a little clip of Jim Varney uh, at the height please, of earnest popularity please. doing some Shakespeare reading. God, how weary, stale, 
flat and unprofitable scene to me all the uses of this world. Know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. So uh, we can move on now, but. To this, the movies? Success on this level means one thing. What's that? A movie. A movie. Uh, and that first movie was Dr. Otto and the Riddle of the Gloombeam. Uh, mm-hmm. So Varney not as earnest when demand for earnest was through the roof. Mm-hmm. Please also realize that even as overwhelmingly popular as he was, it never felt overexposed yeah. because there's no internet to scour. There's no film bank of clips to watch and compare to other markets. So mm-hmm. like, it's a handful of funny commercials in your area you probably mm-hmm. see once every few days. So while this seems like a lot mm-hmm. and they're filming hundreds and thousands of commercials... Yeah. Hundreds, comma, or th- not hundreds yeah. of thousands, but like you never really feel like this is saturated. Yeah, um, it's five seconds here and there, like yeah. once a night. Um, so you'd think that meant movies were kind of over though, because they did this family album and didn't blow up. They mm-hmm. did this gloom beam and it didn't really blow up. But then something happened in 1985. Well, it, I. What's that? The Indianapolis 500. Oh. So the Indianapolis 500, uh, in which Jim Varney as Ernest was in the parade. But the Indianapolis 500 in 1985 had a special theme. Ladies and gentlemen, singing back home again in Indiana are the voices of liberty from Walt Disney World. In the crowd at the Indianapolis 500 are Disney people. Yeah. And they see... There's this great quote. Uh, Michael Eisner's in the crowd. See, this is my question. Like, how did this happen? This and is I, how it happened. I've said this before, and I wrote I wrote an article about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I tried to describe what Disney's... Not only was their animation in trouble, mm-hmm. pre-Little Mermaid, but like their live-action movie yeah. was in such a, a terrible state. I can't imagine Disney aligning with an independent yeah. person on this level yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and creating uh, five films. Yeah. Um, so wow. Michael Eisner's in the crowd who was at Paramount before yeah. and then at Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a quote uh, in the, one of the books that I'll, again, plug at the end. Uh, he says, I was at the Indy 500 and there was a parade. 500,000 people. The governor went by and applause. Mickey Mouse went by. More applause than the governor. All of a sudden, Jim Varney wow. went by as Ernest and 500,000 wow. people went berserk. Wow. Uh, so Disney agreed to distribute an Ernest movie. Which was Ernest Goes Goes to Camp, camp. which came out in 1987. Mm -hmm. And I want to point out, as not as fun or bad or whatever you want to say Ernest Goes to Mm -hmm. Camp is, I want you to consider how many SNL skits get turned into movies. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially what is happening here, only with even less to go on because his character is a shill. Yeah. He doesn't have a... His personality is bumbling, lovable goof. I can't even think of many times with, like, that Geico Caveman sitcom that lasted, like, four episodes. Uh, (laughs) So, compared to a lot of that... And what's going against them? Ernest Goes to Camp is a fucking masterpiece. Yeah, like, it's, it's, a, it's a major success. Yeah. It's, uh, was cheap. I bet it was cheap as balls. Uh, it cost $3 million to Jesus. make and made $23 million. a lot, actually, back then. Yeah. Well, they actually tried to do a uh, Disney distributed so they could use some of that money. But I prefer Jail and Christmas. Uh, Scared Stupid isn't awful, I don't think. But... It made a bunch of money. They, yeah. they spent $3 million and made 20 back. So yeah. it's like, well, Jesus. Okay. I remember getting literally excited, just so excited there was a Disney Channel free preview and like they're going to play camp. Yeah. I'm like, this, I can't even rent this movie. It's so hot. Uh, yeah. They're going to play it on the Disney Channel. This is great. Yeah. And uh, so around this time, sadly, uh, just to give you the perspective of what's going on with him, his dad and his sister die. And while he was always eager to branch out and try other roles, it was hard to walk away from this check-cashing machine yeah. that is Ernest. And by the way, my favorite Ernest commercial is Half an Hour. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I have, a, I have a slightly remastered copy somewhere on a dead hard drive, but Ernest goes to Splash Mountain. Yeah, he or, does. Uh, oh, I think it's during the Disney partnership, but it's Ernest in the... Ernest is one of those weird temporary Disney characters, yeah. and that's why I say Disney wouldn't do it. They wouldn't... 
help a character out that they didn't own lock, stock, and yeah, barrel. But really he's strange. in the Disney park introducing Splash Mountain to everybody. Hey, Vern, you remember that racist cartoon from mm-hmm. the 1950s? Yeah. It's going to take a ride. They're going to take your picture on it, so don't pull your top up. Yeah, so like, here's a thing from like Splash Mountain. Ernest goes to Splash Mountain. Okay, Vern. Now, as we both know, water runs down your hill and not up. Therefore, we can safely assume that I will land on my feet when I reach the bottom. But it's just a, a huge promotional video for Splash Mountain. It's half an hour. It's great. As Ernest. Yeah. Um, so Christmas, so after camp, they're like, okay, so mm-hmm. you made $20 million profit off of yeah. this. So great. Uh, but, oh, sorry, I was doing the the, the, the the sad part. He turned down an offer to be in a Broadway play, Big River, mm-hmm. which, uh, which everybody remembers. Which was supposed to, he would be Huck Finn's we father. Did a role with the Big River right there. He did. Flash Mountain. Uh, he would have been in a role as Pappy Finn, Huck Finn's father. But because of Ernest goes to camp commitments, he's like, yeah, I could be in this play, and I do want to branch out and do other things, but mm-hmm. I should stick with Ernest because that's what's working. Mm-hmm. That play went on to win seven Tony Awards. Oh man! And it's like. He missed that opportunity. I should, I should say, I don't think Ernest or Jim Varney needs uh, legitimacy at this point. I think the body, his talent and body of work mm-hmm. is perf- is amazing for someone, no matter how short li- their yeah. life was. And, and like I've said before, this is like, as we get into the movies here quickly, uh, Ernest goes to jail. But mm-hmm. like, I did see jail. I saw all these in the theater mm-hmm. until they stopped being in theaters. So Ernest Rides Again, which was me and two other people in the theater. Huh. My yeah. dad, me, and then someone I saw else. it. It was me and my friend Scott. And my friend Scott and I uh, would ride to... We, we were on a soccer travel team when we were like 12 mm-hmm. and travel all over yeah. the fucking panhandle area. His dad had a, a van with a TV and a VCR oh, in it. Oh, nice. And we watched Ernest Goes to Jail every... Tra- it was like, <laughs> all right, we lost. Into the van. And then we could watch <laughs> Ernest Goes to Jail and not care about it. And it was yeah. great. We quoted it all the time. I think the reason why I feel... I, I like I feel comfortable doing slight impressions is because I just used to imp- impersonate Ernest doing impressions in the jail in the cell sequence yeah. uh, with his with cellmate, which is fucking. Mist- that's the, where that my James Mason comes from. Yeah, uh, it's oh, from it's Ernest Goes to Jail. Da, 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 yeah. da, da, and the man is going to destroy you. So uh, this is, I think, jail or Christmas. Uh, well, sorry. So Christmas makes thirty million dollars. Christmas, I think, is big business off of a six million dollar budget. Yeah. So it cost more, but it made more. Mm-hmm. So that led to jail, which is my favorite. Uh, I saw it twice in the theater, and I finally watched it again a few years ago, mm-hmm. and it's still fine and it's yeah. cute. And I think it's the silliest and most fun. Yeah, um, he literally but gets superpowers. It's he great. gets superpowers in it. Um, but this I, is him introducing the character of this old lady. I don't. This might not be the introduction of her, but. Uh, he dresses up in drag as an old woman with a neck brace mm-hmm. and tries to sneak out of jail as this character. The character's. way they run this institution is an outrage. For a poor, tired, old, lonely woman like me. There's also a filter on this clip, so sorry. Only son of felon, though not a terribly successful one. He's just vamping to himself. Young man. <laughs> Young man. Young man. Could you please open that gate? I left my car running outside. Ma'am, you tell me how you got to this gate? The visitor's area is on the other side of the prison. I brought him up as best I could. <laughs> and he just... He I just, love it. We're going to watch it. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. the Monday Night Movie, people. But watch you also get a great... This is a great scene of him playing... Ernest goes to jail. The premise yeah. is there's a guy who looks exactly like him yep. in jail named yeah. Nash. Yeah. And they switch places. Nash gets to go be Ernest, who works as a janitor at a bank. And that means he has had to put up with people treating him like Ernest the whole movie, <laughs> including those recurring characters, the super skinny dude and the super big guy. Mm-hmm. 
who are like Laurel and Hardy practically yeah. with yeah. their physical comedy back One and forth. One is silent, isn't the Yeah, the yeah. skinny guy is silent and so finally They're great in Saves Christmas by the way. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, with the reindeer yeah. everywhere. Yeah, they're great uh, and they're in the TV show a lot which I haven't even mentioned but yeah. they... they yeah. One season... Of the, what, the, was the show season. not popular? It just uh, yeah, it didn't have quite the ratings um, but uh, I think I mentioned it at the end but mm. so this is him as Nash playing a bad guy mm. and he's finally had it with everyone giving him crap and the security guard walks up and is like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Is, is everyone who works here a moron? Can't you see what I'm doing? I'm robbing the bank. I'm going to blow the safe, take the money, and leave. I'm robbing the bank. I'm stealing the money that you paid to protect. I'm robbing the bank. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then uh, I just love he's just staring him dead stare, and then, <laughs> and then the guy just laughs. Jesus, is this the closest uh, they can get to an Ernest Teal turn? Yeah. yeah, pretty much. So his only other big role outside of the Ernest movies in this was 1993 Beverly Hillbillies. Sure. He played Jed Clampett. Uh, I did see it, and mm-hmm. I think it was okay. I don't remember. It's fine. It's, fine. it's from the Wayne's World director, so yep. I'm going to go out on him that it's okay. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, like. I can't imagine anybody listening to this has any affection for that property. Yeah, uh, it is just making fun. Of, it's uh, just people making fun of rural, rural, rural people. Rural people. I, I just don't think. I think the Beverly Hillbillies. Like, I think back then you could have had like hillbillies of that nature, like the yeah, dirty hat and chaw spitting. I mean, I, that's, just, I don't think the the idea really works in 1993. Jim Varney does seem like. The prototype hillbilly dad. Like, I mean, if anyone's he, gonna play that role, it should he, be him. He wore that. Dietrich Bader is the is the son. Like his ah, uh, his family has heritage and all that. Like yeah. uh, Ozarks, I forget Ozarks Appalachians, uh, tied in with the Hatfield McCoys. Like mm-hmm. he's mountain man. Like uh, like and he wore that on his sleeve. He was really proud of that kind of like part of his past and the where he grew up. So like being able to be Jed Clampett, which is maybe the most famous person, you know, the most famous fictional character mm-hmm. from that sphere getting to play it and, and he did well and he also played a straight man yeah. because everyone else in that wow. is kind of yeah, goofy actually. and weird and yep. Jed Clampett's the one who's like well come well. on now um, but if you uh, here he is I'm at the point now where it's just uh, a, a grab bag of other things that he did are really quick uh, here he is with uh, Johnny Cash and Chris Christopherson what? ringing wow. in 1986 hello I'm Johnny Cash Chris Christopherson. Y'all know my pal Jim Varney. <laughs> Welcome to Willie Nelson and family's 10th annual New Year's Eve party. <laughs> wow, he's, he's kind of just <laughs> earnest there. Yeah, and he's ringing in 1985 with Johnny Cash wow. and Chris Christopherson of so, Blade fame. Uh, Willie Nelson, <laughs> New Year's party. Yeah, you're all so high that you can't remember to count. <laughs> There's down. a lot of layers to unpack there. Um, and then a lot of dead people. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Willie Nelson, oddly not one of them. He yeah. was my prediction for last year. Yeah, totally and here it. he is in a show that uh, you might know as Duckman. Ooh. My name's Walt Evergreen, and I'd like to extend an invitation for you to visit one of my tobacco facilities. I think you'll find that, like it or not, cigarettes are as American as a pie-eating jamboree. <laughs> that one is a little by bit way. sad. Yeah. Both the way he died and also, yeah. like, he, he was an advertiser, but he would never, like, advertise something that was very detrimental to your health. Yeah. Like, I think, I think he, he, he would have had, like, even if Ernest went away, he would have ha- found major success in voiceover work. Yeah. Period. Well, speaking of voiceover work, Chris, yeah. uh, he went on. Oh, made, I know this. Outside of Jed Clampett, mm-hmm. this might be a lot of people may not even know that he is the sleeve. Okay. 
I got some good news and I got some bad news. He is the Slinky Dog in Toy Story 1 and 2. What news? Good news is I found your hat, Woody. My hat! <laughs> uh, so yeah, but he, he was he, like that's what I think. But the he only died. Is he he died? When did Toy Story two come Toy out? Toy Story two was like November ninety nine. So he was alive okay. at the premiere, and people saw him at the premiere of Toy Story two, mm-hmm. and he had no hair, clearly oh, going through chemo, uh, really skinny. But there will be a Toy Story four, meaning half the Toy Story movies will not feature Jim Barney. Yeah. Is there any sort of tribute to him in three or like? A- uh, no, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, and he's also in 1998 uh, Simpson uh, episode of Simpsons. Yes, Bart Carney as a, as a Carney. Yes, yeah. so he's smoking at a table and putting a cigarette in a nostril and pulling it out of. Here's his a heart. little trick my grandmother taught me. Puts a cigarette in his mouth. Comes out of his nose. <laughs> and now he puts it in his ear. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I love this. Wow, can you do that again? Not for a little while. <laughs> uh, I hate to point out other things, but Homer in that clip going, no, yeah. no. Yeah, that's great. I love it. Yeah, it's like the most human. Uh, yeah. But, like, just as a quick aside, like... He had a Three Ninjas sequel. Yeah, he's in a lot of... I think he's in High Noon and Mega Mountain. Uh, And then he was in, posthumously, they recorded this first. He's Cookie in Atlantis. Atlantis, Mm -hmm. And here he is discovering that his wagon has been filled with garbage. What is this? That would be lettuce. Lettuce! Lettuce! It's a vegetable cookie. The men need the four basic food groups. I got you four basic food groups. Beans, bacon, whiskey, and lard. <laughs> so this is 2001. So he's been dead for a year and a half at wow. this point. Um, I'm guessing he's not in Milo's Return, the sequel. No, he is not. <laughs> um, but then uh, his last on-screen role was mm-hmm. written and directed by his friend Billy Bob Thornton. Really? And they were pretty close. And the movie's called Daddy and Them. Uh, released over Never a year. Yeah, I hadn't either. And I love Sling Blade. I would have yeah. been following Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, uh, and they were friends. Uh, so this is a dramatic role as an old man who's arrested for attempted murder. And people kind of point to this, and it's sadly a deleted scene from the mm-hmm. movie, but as like, he is not long from death, mm-hmm. and he ha- gives a pretty good performance here as like someone who comes back and is just starts yelling at his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is like the main dramatic thing people kind of point to is like what he could have been doing. And he's like on the verge of tears. This family hasn't drawn a sober breath since a goddamn potato famine. You're holding it all inside. Connect, connect, connect. You gotta get some shit straight around here. You can't even listen to Lee Greenwood anymore. And then he just starts trashing the house because he's just overwrought just, with like. I wanted to hear Jim Varney curse, and I got my wish. I Thank wanted you. to hear him say "connect." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, you know, just he's on a, he's on a really uh, fun, he's got a fun role in Roseanne uh, oh, yeah. as, as a millionaire. Yeah, yeah. he's in there a couple episodes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, but that's not canon because season's a dream. Canon. Oh, <laughs> um, but personally, I mean, you know, he bought a DeLorean. But that was like the one crazy thing he did. Otherwise, he lived very modestly, had really? a regular-sized house. He never went crazy with his money. Uh, he was into daggers and watches. Would remark upon like the craftsmanship wow. and like the look how much effort it goes into making mm-hmm. watches work and knives and the craftsmanship in it. Uh, and care it takes cares what it takes to maintain them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he smoked while making anti-smoking campaigns. He went from winning a Razzie as the worst new star for mm-hmm. Ernest Goes to Camp to winning an Emmy. For the TV show, the next year that ran for one really? season, uh, wow. hey Vern, it's, uh, that's what they. I believe that's the doll I got you is merchandise from, from the that TV. show. Yeah, 
Um, I love you. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then uh, this is from his funeral in 2000 where Daniel Butler is just telling a story at the end. And this is like an 11 minute eulogy, but like it's just a quick snippet of uh, at the end. He did. I saw Jim do that. Make people feel special. It didn't matter if they were a plumber or truck driver, purity driver. He had that ability, man, to make you think you were some. Everybody around him. And uh, he made me laugh more than any other person my whole life. And I was the one supposed to be writing funny stuff for him. It's a great eulogy. Um, and it's really sad. Like, watching that... I was, like, doing all this research, getting in a happy place, watching all the commercials, mm-hmm. and then I watched that Daddy and Them mm-hmm. of him seemingly hours from dying, uh, like, trying to get this final dramatic role. And he's mm-hmm. in other stuff. I think 100 Proof's another movie. Mm-hmm. But, like, never... He was always kind of scared to let go of Ernest because it was paying off. Yeah, well, and he owned it. And, yeah, right. it's and like he, you can do this controller. Yeah, and, like... But and they did, because, like, I, you and I were the only people to see Rides Again in the theater, and I, I'm assuming that's not Disney, because I know it opened with a Mr. Bill short, which I was yeah. also into. I think Scared Stupid was the last Disney the one. The last Disney one, then Rides Again, we've opening day... Just me and my friend Scott. Yeah. Never been in the theater that empty. And which that, led to a Simpsons gag of Ernest goes somewhere cheap yeah, because yeah. after which, that you get goes to school, goes to Africa, Africa, slam dunk Ernest, slam dunk Ernest with Kareem Abdul Jabbar and the army. Yeah, Ernest in the army. So, but that's the thing. They, they I think instead of looking for Disney level dis- distribution, they're like, yeah. well, fuck it, we'll just make movies. And they look real cheap. Those movies are hard to watch. Yeah. Um, so uh, wait, was he cut out of the Billy Bob Thornton movie? Or he's that, in it, but that specific it. scene I think mm-hmm. ended up being cut, and people were like, "This is like his best scene yeah. in the movie." Because I'm wondering if it's like a. I mean, you brought up a couple times how Ed O'Neill was cut out of the movie because people just yeah. see him on screen. It's like, ha ha, Al Bundy. Yeah, doing a doing a serious role is like it's like a double whammy where it's like it's tough to do, but also yeah. you have to overcome this, you have this baggage yeah. of your like, previous body of work. Just has your, the sight of you on screen makes yeah. people yeah. laugh. I equate him to like he was almost a Jim Carrey level. Mm. To me, yeah. he could have been. Like, Jim Carrey didn't get stuck doing In Living Color gags. Yeah. He he kept pushing his career and like, mm. no, I'm not going back to In Living Color all the time. I'm mm. not going to end up on, yeah. on SNL. I'm going to mm. be in this movie. I'm going to be in that movie. Mm. I'll always be a charismatic, wacky guy, yeah. but I, I can't get stuck in this thing. The problem is Jim Varney had a cash cow and a thing that he loved doing that worked yeah. well. So it's like it's hard to let that go on a chance that this movie might pay off. So even yeah. though he had a lot of the same skills, I would say, as Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. he just never got to that same level. Even though he could have been the mask, he's a little too old, yeah. but like that kind of thing. I like, if he was still alive, I think he would have eventually gotten a crazy role. Something right Hopefully, now in 2016 yeah. that we would have gone nuts, and then I would have been able to make a stupid article like, did you know Jim Varney from Game of Thrones yeah. has a series of comedy movies, yeah. and, and I think the movies would have been rediscovered. Yeah. I think they should be rediscovered. Yeah. The same... You know, Jerry Lewis movies have their hey, have their fans yeah. all over the he world. Could have had a role in like the same vein as like Robin Williams mm-hmm. or Bill Murray when they got those like serious roles that like yeah. kind of just shattered the illusion. Like this guy yeah. can be dramatic yeah. as well as hilarious. That's, that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, I will say it's part of his legacy. I looked up Ernest on Amazon. That asshole Ernest Hemingway doesn't appear till <laughs> ten entries in. Oh, and nice. also, I'm sure we'll have some links on lasertimepodcast.com. You can buy through there and support us. You can own the entire Ernest Oliva yeah. for about thirteen dollars. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's nothing. It's like, Hey Ernest or Hey Ernest Ernest the complete series four ninety nine on DVD, an entire yeah. season. 
Goes to camp, scared stupid, goes to jail. Five dollars on DVD yeah. for three three of his wow. best films. So like again, I I the movies I watched like I've seen all the movies maybe like two or three times mm-hmm. each. I just didn't watch them over and over. It was the commercials. Jail was the only one I, I did that. Jail with. I did mm-hmm. see a lot. Yeah, the others I just like it wasn't quite the same. But like as I got older, the the idea of these commercials just this. That they were able to like attract people as big as Disney, yeah. filming things in their That's house crazy. and swapping out products mm-hmm. and showing them all over the country. And there were markets they never hit, and there were some markets that they just had a lockdown. That was, on. That's a question I've wanted an answer to for a long time. Thank you for that. Mm. How did the how did this affiliation with Disney start? Yeah, so you can if you want to know more. And again, I don't think you need to know. You need you don't necessarily need to care about Jim Varney or mm-hmm. Ernest or any of this. But if you want to read on this, it's a phenomenon. Like yeah. I, I hope I got that across of how like that people are calling. Asking when's that commercial air? Mm-hmm. Like that will never happen again <laughs> yeah. because one, even It'll if be it, in YouTube, and yeah, even if it was so good that you wanted to watch the commercial again, yeah. <laughs> it would just be on YouTube forever. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually kind of surprised now that there wasn't a crazy Ernest Super Bowl commercial from back then. Yeah, that is weird. Because anyway, uh, you can look up uh, the importance of being Ernest by Justin Lloyd, who's his nephew, for a great look into his life and plenty of like down to earth details, d- details about his life and his marriages and his career choices and what was going on in his family. As well as some behind-the-scenes stuff about Ernest in general. And the opposite of that is The Keeper of the Clown by John Cherry, mm-hmm. who directed mm-hmm. basically everything. It's a little bit more silly. Mm-hmm. Like, there's conversations that you know are kind of played up to be funnier. And it's... I wouldn't say it's fictionalized, but it's definitely, like, uh, stylized. Like, there's definitely a bit of storytelling going on with the truth. Mm-hmm. But it's still a great read because he's the marketing guy who helped create it all yeah so like hearing him talk about what that was like to use your house in your neighborhood mm-hmm. and just like one camera and and make this phenomenon that took over tv from like 82 to 85 and led to movies and yeah. led to disney opening up their pocket over a like, decade of relevance you can't ask yeah. for much more than that but uh yeah th- that's the show basically Yay! this is a weird special place for me uh, i let no one into but if I could you, ask, you kind of dragged your heels on it. I know why, just because like yeah. I don't know how well it'll translate. Yeah. Like, it's like I grew up with this stuff, and it was not just hilarious to mm-hmm. me. It's comforting and yeah. a sign of a time that will never return. Yeah. Like you'll never be able to do this thing again. The it will melancholy, never so this yeah. kind of somewhat melancholy of nostalgia. Yeah. I get that. I was describing on bonus time our Patreon exclusive show that watching Pete's Dragon. Like oh, I love yeah. the movie. I do not. I would never subject you to guys sure. to a viewing of it. I would never recommend it to the original <laughs> to anybody. But I love it, and I don't care. It it does bring me back. Yeah. It I, I smells come back to me from when I watched it originally. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. But yeah, you can listen uh, to more stuff over lasertimepodcast.com. True, baby. Uh, I did it like. The reverse of Ernest, mm-hmm. uh, going from like commercial person to comedic actor, we have Adam Sandler. And this week we'll have something up on Adam Sandler, who, who went from a comedian to a commercial person. <laughs> uh, I'll ha- I'll, I'm not going to explain any more than that to spoil it, but check out lasertimepodcast.com. You know what I mean? Yeah. We've been doing <laughs> right, stuff. Uh, we're launching uh, custom videos every Friday, abouts, every Thursday or Friday. Um, we have our looks at Japan, uh, Akihabara, in the best goddamn retro game store in uh, Tokyo. Also, and if anyone wants to hire us to do like local chicken commercials please. and uh, yeah. Mellow Yellow, yes. we're your guys. Yes. Yeah, um, we could do thirty twenty ten dot net is our thirty twenty ten as they look back at what happened week by week. We've gone every week in twenty sixteen looking mm-hmm. back at 
uh, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. True. So. And talk, uh, Talking Simpsons, also launched by Patreon, is wrapping up the third season. By that, Mimi, we won't even be taking a week off and going right into season four, Camp Krusty. Uh, but we did a, a season three wrap-up exclusively for Patreon, lasertime.com slash Patreon. They made 302010 happen. You guys made Talking Simpsons happen. And, of course, we're going to give you as much uh, extra stuff as, and, as anybody could want for as little as five bucks a month. Yeah. One game a year! Uh, uh-huh. That's all you got to do to support yeah. your boys here. Um, yeah, we really do need it. On top of those uh, Simpsons season wrap-ups, we also have our weekly show, Bonus Time, where we gab about the uh, cool, fun stuff we've been up to and uh, ask... What do I ask, think of the new Peach Dragon? Yeah, ask weird <laughs> questions of our audience, and they will reply with some great stuff. Uh, also, Cheap Podcast Pro Wrestling Podcast is on there every month. And I, man, now I, I kind of wish Jim Varney had done an ad for, like, uh. NWA, like... Boy, I hope that Ric Flair beats Harley Race. He's I, a oh, real you, you would jerk. think that that cro- that cross section of Gorilla Monsoon. That Venn diagram is a perfect circle. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I don't know why there isn't. And perhaps the saddest commercial to t- to end everything. Well, don't you know how deadly that thing is? You're just asking for a case of the Big C, Cancer City, Chemotherapy Hotel. <coughs> I care about you, Vern. That's why I'm warning you. You better give up them cigarettes, buddy. Or the groundhogs will be bringing you your mail. Know what I mean? Hey, we'll go out with Billy Boogie Worrell. This is from the family album, which is his uh, relative that sings and dances around a early 80s fair and gets people to come in and kills people with it. We'll put up a couple of these commercials, whatever we're allowed to, on our Facebook page. Uh, so check, give, give that an old search. All right, we'll see you next time, and thanks for putting up with this. Billy's hip, but remember, I'm the captain of this ship. <laughs> Just hang on tight and don't die of fright. Captain Billy's gonna take you out of sight. Boogie. Hello, <laughs> hello, right this way, sweet Madonna of the Midway. Let Billy make you boogie all alone. Oh, hold the phone. I'm a crazy dancer, a mad dog handler. Enjoy your ride, sir, on the scrambler. Boogie. <laughs>